Listener Production. It's time to get scrumptious with two sexy English muffins. It sounds delicious and it's adorable. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Oh, Matt, if you had one shot, one opportunity to open a restaurant based on one of your most famous songs, would you capture it or would you just let it slip, mate? Would you just let it slip? Because Eminem, he's done it. Our boy's done it. What's he done? Got enough eight mile. No, he has opened up a restaurant called Mum's Spaghetti. <laughs> oh, amazing. I love it. In Detroit. Does, is he, has it got merch already? He's got to have vomit-stained jumpers. Oh, you'd have to do that. There is a merch <laughs> shop adjoining, but, yeah, music feeds, uh, letting us know the great, great news that Eminem, uh, in his native Detroit, is getting into the culinary game uh, on September 29 in the, the uh, capital of Michigan. You can go along and uh, get many spaghetti-based meals. you got pasta, you got meatballs, you got spaghetti sandwiches. Um, and it ends with the tagline, Mum's spaghetti, it's all ready. <laughs> I bet. Okay, so for dessert, I'm guessing that they, they're going to have to sell actual M&Ms, right? They're going to have yes, to. Yes, it and has then, to be. Like and that. then on the on the drinks menu, surely they're going to have something that's called the Real Slim Shaky, <laughs> maybe? And um, <laughs> in it, it's got eight Milo flavours. <laughs> Perfect. Eminem, give us a call. We're here to market your idea. We're more than happy to do it. But look, hello to you. Thank you for joining us uh, on this big episode of All Day Breakfast. Um, We're going to be joined by an incredible author and illustrator who you may know as Campbell Walker, his birth name, or you may know him by his Instagram handle, Struthless69. Uh, But he's got hundreds of thousands of followers and it's uh, all led into this, this book, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And brace yourself if you are a little prone to melting due to your snowflakiness, uh, Rant Dog will be back uh, telling it how it is. So get ready for the heat, the griller, the Bunsen burner. Let's get stuck in, shall we? Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Well, Matt, our discussion last week about my father's tactics for uh, reading his... Uh, <laughs> His ride home from pesky magpies has struck a chord around Australia. Um, it is all-out war every spring when the magpies decide that uh, we're target practice for their swooping. And I tell you what, a lot of people getting in touch. Yeah, that's right. And look, I mean, your dad's method of deterring the magpies using a swinging rope that he flails over his head like a helicopter is but one way to avoid these uh, pesky swoopers. Mm. Uh, the ABC news site... Uh, has said, um, you know, these are these are some tips, all right? You walk quickly, but don't run. Mm-hmm. Protect your head with an umbrella, hat, or a helmet. Doesn't mention skipping rope. <laughs> Wear glasses or sunglasses to keep the eyes safe. Keep facing the magpie or its nest as you move away. You would want to make sure you've got the old wraparounds on as well, wouldn't you? You'd want, yeah, the, uh, absolutely. You want, the, you'd want the speedies on for sure. And so if you've got the speed dealers on, you're, you're facing the magpie and you're sort of, you could probably moonwalk away, you know, like uh, some sort of cool groovy mover. Uh, the magpie won't swoop you just out of pure impressness of your moves. Um, dismount your bike if you're riding or walking through the magpie's territory or, an, or move in a group. Um, as magpies are more likely to target individuals. Yeah, there's just horror stories coming out from all over Australia. Let's go to one victim now. Joining us from Brisbane, it's Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hi. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we know this is a difficult time because you've been through a bit of a harrowing experience recently. Can you tell us all about it? Yeah, sure. Um, so I had just like had a long day at school and I was like not willing to put up with anything, but I wanted to take my dog for a walk. So we just went to like our normal route and it was fine. And I've always known that there were like magpies around and it was like swooping season, but I like personally had never been swooped. Mm-hmm. But I knew that it, like it hurt. Yep. And so we were walking, and all of a sudden, this like magpie came out of nowhere. Oh, that's how they do it. That's how they do it. You don't <laughs> even hear them. The little snipping at your it ears. Didn't even, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't go directly for me. It started going for my dog. <gasps> and if it was me, I probably would have just screamed and screamed and like run because like <laughs> that's my instinct. Mm-hmm. But it was going for my dog, and I was like no, that's my baby. <laughs> and so I just kind of panicked and I just slapped it. You managed and to make contact with the magpie. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know. I think like my like big sister instincts has kicked in and I just slapped it and it kind of just like dropped to the ground for a second. <gasps> but it was oh, fine. No. Like it was all good. Um, well, but how like, do you know? I, Did it get back up? Yeah, it just rolled for a few seconds and then it, Hop back up and it went for more, but like me and my dog just <laughs> it, it raised its wings at you and it's like, all right, then come on. Then. It was so angry, but I was like, just like, I if it was like, if personally, if it was me, I probably like would have started crying and like, you know, like it was, would have been a mess. Mm. But it was going for my dog and I was like, no way. So you threw mm. the arm out, made contact for a moment. The magpie was down just for an eight count. It wasn't fully out, but it got back up and um, <laughs> was was okay after that. D- did you pick up the dog and run out of there like Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner <laughs> and the bodyguard? We were gone. We were absolutely just bolted. Like I just <laughs> said, screw the walk. We're not walking. And we just <laughs> ran home. That's incredible. The walk was so. like, well, the walk was like a, a solid seven minutes. Well, we're so glad you made it out there alive past the other, you know, strewn bodies over the ground that I'm sure were the previous victims of this magpie. Obviously kept coming back for more. Uh, we will let you go. I do have one question before we say goodbye, though. Um, you are currently 14 years old. Did you get Matt, Matt O'Kine's movie reference about the bodyguard <laughs> and Kevin Costner? I knew that. I'm not even sure if I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's probably for the best. How good is that? My references are so irrelevant that they literally don't even get received by a 14-year-old's receptors in their brain. I missed it by accident. Yeah, no, that was absolutely fine. So it wasn't worth sticking around for. But, look, we thank you so much for chatting to us here on All Day Breakfast and uh, stay safe out there. No worries, you guys too. Thank you. And look, we do not recommend you try and go toe-to-toe with a magpie. Let them be the aggressors if need be. Get out of there as quick as you can. Um, But it just shows that the magpies, Matt, they have no shame when it comes to uh, the September, October, November spring season. It is all-out war on our heads. Oh, mate, and they're getting cocky about it as well. I've actually got a mate who is a friend of a friend of someone uh, in the magpie music industry. Ooh, one of the big big wigs there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's, you know, one, uh, one of the A&R label managers for a uh, one of the biggest up-and-coming magpie singers uh, going around. And they've got a song out. One of the magpies has a song out at the moment that's just destroying the magpie charts.
All right. Well, let's let's have a listen to this. A bit of an exclusive here at Matt and Alex's All Day Breakfast, the hot new single from Magnus Pirates. Uh, it's called Swoop. This is All Day Breakfast. Hey, yeah, I want to swoop, baby. Where you going, baby? Minding your own business? You make me want to swoop. Here we go, here we go, here we go again. Bunch of fools getting too close to my nest. I can't believe this human behavior. Cable ties on your helmet are not gonna save you. No apologies for giving a fright. Cause if you come too close, the rules are black and white. So if you're near, you better not dawdle. I'm not one for giving out a warning wobble. I'm bringing my wings in, cause spring is the season. I'll peck your eyes out for literally no reason. Most of the time I fly through the skies real cute. But in springtime when I see ya, ha, you make me wanna swoop. With a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm. Well, it's that time of the week, Alex Dyson, where we get a visit from Australia's favourite, most outrageous shock jock. It's that, Rat Dog. That's right. Um, Rat Dog puts an end in his name to become the king of controversy. Uh, but where other shock jocks like to tell you their own opinions, all right, like to tell you what to think, uh, Rat Dog instead likes to be guided by your own thoughts and opinions. And uh, so that's why we get you to send a voice memo to matt.and.alex. Let us know what's been getting your goat recently. And this week, we've got a message from a quite irate Jack. Hey, Matt. Hey, Alex. It's uh, Jack from Uh Just a little topic for Rant Dog. Uh, I'm sure uh, he wouldn't be too stoked with beer prices at the footy. They really uh, shouldn't be that over the top, but... Heck, we still pay for it. <sighs> Jack, 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 You know, Matt, when you're in a room, right, that stinks, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, like my place, my, the, the old rat's nest down at Rant Dog HQ, right, the rat's nest. You become accustomed to the mm. smell Mm. Of it, right? So it doesn't it doesn't quite stink as much as as one may imagine, okay? But you're fine. Life is good. You're happy with that, all right? That's how I was living for so long under these beer prices, okay? You go to the f- crowds at the footy. You go along every week. It it goes up five cents every week, okay? You don't notice it too much. I haven't been to the football in two years. I've got accustomed to buying my beers from the bottle shop, okay? Uh Uh Where the prices are still some semblance of reasonable, all right? Uh And now when I walk back in to my local footy stadium after two years of being stuck in my home. Do you know what's going to happen? Jack knows what's going to happen. I'm going to get hit with the pong of those prices right in my ratty snout. All right. 
and I'm not looking forward to that moment. You know the saying, Matt? The saying, what goes up must come down. You know what's going up and coming down? You know what they're talking about there? What goes up is the prices. What goes down is the strength of the alcohol. We've gone from full down to mid. We're going to be in low before you know it. So, Jack, I just want to tell all of these people out there who've been playing sport and paying beer all this whole time, give us a chance. We've been coddled for too long. We need you to keep them down. Oh, I tell you what. I mean, I don't even know whether I should bring up music festivals and tokens, (sighs) you know. You got, you can't buy a beer with a. Here's a packet of six tokens. Each beer is five tokens. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You got a packet of singles floating through my pockets like lint. Six tokens cost five dollars. A beer is seven. You you're just you're walking around <laughs> washing day. There's just tokens coming out of pockets for the next. Three years. You know what I say, Matt? You know what I say to tokens? you got to be joking with your tokens. And I'm a reasonable bloke. <laughs> oh, I think I think you need to cool down after that one. There's a little bit of smoke, isn't there? Smoke coming out the ears. I think you need to have an ice cold mid for $14.50. Plus a dollar for the tray, mate. <laughs> This is all day breakfast. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Now, Matt, the brain is a wonderful and mysterious thing with which people have been trying to work out for quite a while now, but an incredible uh, author and illustrator has managed to, I think, potentially sum it up better than anyone uh, with his term, Your Head is a Houseboat. Uh, It is a brand new book from Struthless. His real name is Campbell Walker and he joins us on the line now. G'day, Campbell. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. We're excited to be chatting, Campbell. I mean, you go under the name of Struthless online. That's where I first saw your work um, as an illustrator on Instagram. Blown away by some of the projects you do, but taking on the whole idea of a book... Uh, you know, and I thought when when I th- you heard you were writing a book, I thought it was exclusively going to be pictures, a coffee table book. I didn't realize that there would be any useful information in it <laughs> or help guidance. Honestly, <laughs> I think I think Matt means no offense with that at all as well, Campbell. <laughs> no, I honestly didn't. <laughs> no, these are obviously thoughts that I've definitely had myself. As somebody who does comics, that seems to usually be like the next logical progressive stage is, okay, take all these comics, put them in a book, and then that book sits on the coffee table and we flick it, you know, every now and then. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. But, well, I mean, how did that happen then? Oh, how, how did it all come together? Yeah, like what, what gave you the idea to then suddenly write a, a book that's all about really the way our brains work and understanding them better? Yeah, um, I guess I thought it was an important topic and one that deserved a book um, and deserves like a, I don't know, it was about a year to a year and a half of, of research and illustrating and writing. Um, and so when you're going to dedicate time to something, you hope it's going to be an issue that a lot of people have. And if we go on market size alone, everybody has a head. Well, not everybody. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like basically it, it, was, it kind of came out of me sorting out my own head, which I think is something that a lot of people go through 
or if they're lucky, they'll go through that at some point in their life and they'll get from a stage where everything's kind of messy and they're not too sure what's going on into a stage where they're like, oh, okay, I can actually breathe. And that transition was, I mean, it should ought to blow most people's minds should they have it. Yeah, well, it's a book about mental health like no other because, you know, I I did in year 11 did the psychology uh, in my VCE and you learn all about the brains of the different cortexes and what's responsible for touch and for memory and potentially for feelings, but it was never communicated in a way that was as interesting as yourself, Campbell, because you've sort of, you've made a, a big piece of an analogy of the ha- head being a houseboat. There are many different wonderful people that we can meet in there and it does explain in a much easier to digest a ways that through no fault of your own, often your your head's not in the the often the best place. Thanks, man. I um I really appreciate that. I think accessibility was probably the the key goal when I was making this book. Mm. It's one of those things, yeah, because often when something happens and you're like, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, um, why am I the worst? Uh, things <laughs> pop up, you know, those kind of things. You think yeah. that yeah, you're the only one feeling it. But yeah, having this this analogy that everyone's head has these different factors, which yeah, lead into um, yeah, not necessarily being at fault for a lot of these things. It was a it was a really great read. Can you give us a bit of an example of the different decks on this houseboat and uh, and some of the more common uh, people that may pop, crop up and cause our head to be a little bit off kilter every now and again? Yeah, I'd I'd love to. Um, so there's there's a lot of components to the houseboat, and it's going down the river that turns into the ocean of what ends up being our life. But the houseboat itself is full of all sorts of characters. So if we go down to the steering deck, the driving, where we see the helm of the houseboat, which, by the way, I should uh, caveat that the houseboat sometimes takes on house ship qualities and house yacht qualities. Um, but if we get down to the helm, what we see is that as we go to steer, there are actually five bureaucratic, quite nitpicking bosses that are all barking competing orders at us. And, you know, if you've ever worked a job with more than one boss, you'll know that that is very, very difficult when you got, you know, one IC, two IC. But when it gets down to five IC, I think what I wanted from that chapter was to explain how your wants and needs aren't always agreeing. And so we have one of the bosses, for example, is Selma the Sensible. And she's saying, all right, keep the lights on, keep a roof over your head, make sure you're fed, and then we're good. (laughs) Then we got another guy who's Luca the lifestyle, uh, Luca the liver, right? And he's the guy who's like, man, you know what you haven't bought but you you totally should buy? a stand-up paddleboard. You should just spend <laughs> all your money on that. At which point Selma the Sensible is like, no, we spend our money on groceries, good groceries, by the way. Mm. So we've got those two. Then we've got Freya the Friendly who's like, who cares about the stand-up paddleboard unless it's with other people and we can make some friends, right? So maybe we should take our houseboat this way. And so she's like the friendly one. Then we've got Aziz the Ambitious. I think all three of us might have this guy who's barking a few orders at us. But he's the one who's like, bruh, think about this. Money, fame money again. We've got this, dude. Let's go in this direction. <laughs> and then, right, the, the the fifth boss who's barking orders you is Gilda the Giver. And she's the one who's like, well, if we get the money, maybe, because then we can give it to charity and we can help the world. But, you know, otherwise, I don't really, really want to do what you guys are doing. And so what this kind of represents for us is why it can be so hard to pick a direction in life, because we have all these different wants and needs barking orders at us. And we're just like, oh, God, and until we kind of segment them down and label them for what they are, it can be hard to assess and it can just feel like mild, nameless direction. And just absolute chaos because you're right, you cannot please all those you know, innate desires at once. And so, yeah, it's great to have them labelled in, in such an incredible way, Campbell. 
Yeah, and I mean, when, when you're dealing with something like mental clarity, mental function, mental health, um, I guess people are going to be taking this seriously. And out of interest, I mean, it's, it's awesome that you're able to shine light onto it in a sort of fun way. Um, but out of interest, what is, like, do you feel concerned about whether you have authority to give information that's about the brain when, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's something that people have studied their whole life looking at? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to become an expert in my 30 non-academic years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a really good question, man. Um, and it's something that I have wrestled with a lot, particularly on my YouTube channel as well. And so I've just been giving it the disclaimer, which I ended up writing in the book in longer form, which was, and this is part one of the authority story. Um, and that is, this is just what's worked for me. This, all these methods have worked for me. They are exactly what I've done. But they, at the end of the day, they've only passed a focus group of one. Um, now with my YouTube <laughs> channel, I can say that, I don't know, there's a lot of people who do tend to resonate with them. But yeah. And then the second thing I did, I um, had the whole thing reviewed by uh, the psychologist Cass Dunn. And then she ended up writing the forward of the book in a pretty cool review. So she's like, this is, this, this seems to be okay got the the tick of approval for for one particular look at it and the yeah it goes from those one out of ten doctors <laughs> exactly <laughs> recommend uh truthless new book uh your head is a houseboat to uh to you so um what what inspired you then i mean what was the moment in your life campbell the way you where you sort of thought well i need to use this to help myself yeah, um, so it came about, I guess, like nobody really gets out of childhood unscathed. And once again, I was not an exception. And yeah, though, like most people, I probably didn't really want to look at any of the scathing that came out of it. So I would kind of turn away and, I don't know, look at the next shiny thing. And that might be, you know, travel, drugs, whatever it is. And I liked that so much. And then one day, all of that, I think I liked it a little too much. And everything kind of broke down. I had a bit of a breakdown and I was like, well, maybe I should turn my direction back to all of the things that have happened in my life and start to address them one by one. And after doing that, it felt, well, basically I, I went to therapy to get some help for quite a lot of trauma. And I found myself at the end of every therapy session, putting the lessons that I'd learned into these weird metaphors, just so I could remember them. And the metaphors, I'd kind of write them down and they were almost like little notes for myself. And as I was doing this, it was around about the time that the publisher approached me and I was like, oh, hang on, you know, <laughs> red string on a corkboard, but it's only between two points. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think these, these guys should hang out. A single piece of string. Yeah, well, how does, how does art, um, I guess it would have been a coping mechanism before you knew it was a coping mechanism, like you're you drawing. Can you tell us a bit your journey of how? Yeah, art came to be part of my life just because I think I had a lot of feelings, and I think most of them used to be very cynical feelings, feelings full of hate that I, I wanted to express. Um, uh, sorry, I say that with the, as much facetiousness as a Zoom call can <laughs> communicate. Absolutely true, though. You'd want to just, yeah, get out there and mm. write, your, write your emotions down in, in these pictures. Pretty much. And a lot of them were sort of middle-class angst. A lot of them were like, oh, f that guy. you know. And, and so I'd draw comics where the punchline was, you know, haha, you're trying or f that guy. And that was really fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I had a great time. Um, but like a few years into this, like I started growing a little bit more as a person. And then I started integrating maybe a different side of me that at first I was probably scared that the internet would bully. 
Um, and so I started Is that because in. you was kind of bullying those bullying people? Bullying people? <laughs> is that just, no, not directly, but it was a, it was almost a projection kind of thing. You, there were a few, you had a few of the issues that you were, um, yeah, projecting onto others. Pretty, yeah, I'd say that's a yeah, bang on diagnosis, doctor. <laughs> Well, we are also, <laughs> like yourself, three non-professionals <laughs> sitting here having a conversation online. <laughs> you know that meme that's the three kids, like in that YouTube thumbnail, is Fortnite overrated? Yeah. <laughs> that's us. Yeah, just sitting around. <laughs> Plato aristocracy. Yeah. I'm always impressed by how much you're drawing as well. The amount of content and output that you're putting out onto your channels. I mean, the stuff like where you do nine different styles of uh, character and you'll just you'll put this out in a what a thirty second Instagram clip, but I mean, how long does that? How long does something like that take you? Yeah, those ones take a few days usually, and I end up like, did you guys ever see Scary Movie Two? <laughs> probably yes. a while ago. Yeah, I, don't, I won't remember it because I was probably at a friend's house. Cinematic masterpiece. But what you need to know is there's a character in it who um, after. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time he's holding his hand like this and he keeps referring to it as his strong hand. And uh, that's kind of how I feel after one of those drawing sessions. I'm like, oh, it's my strong hand, child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, once again, the perfect analogy for, uh, for what it is, Campbell. You are an absolute pro at this and there's so much in the book, so much to get out of it and to really, yeah, take a little bit of that edge out of talking about mental health. I found it really, really excellent to read. Uh, the book is called Your Head is a Houseboat by Campbell Walker, a.k.a. Struthless, or you can follow Struthless69 on Instagram at Struthless69. Check out a bunch of Campbell's other drawings as well, man. Congratulations. The book does come out tomorrow uh, on Wednesday. So uh, please check it out and uh, Campbell, hopefully get you back another time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Hayes. Absolute pleasure. Well, Alex Dyson, you're not the only canine in this duo. Let me tell you that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting for a, for a man who is... Um, Usually against dogs. There's a there's a couple of little woofers in this uh, in this here podcast because rant dog obviously uh, been been at it for years and even more in dog years. But um, there's a new canine around the place. What's this about Matt O'Kine, news hound? Yeah, that's right. I've been sniffing out some good headlines, much like a little truffle pig trying to find the best ones from around the world. Uh, what's been happening over the weekends, last couple of days, etc. I mean, it's the great thing about having a daily podcast is you can get into these topical issues without coming on and going, wait, what do you guys think of Coney 2012? Like, what is this whole this whole thing going on? <laughs> All right, so let's start in Yemen, Alex Dyson. Where Have you ever Yemen? heard of the Well of Hell? The Well of Hell? Yes. Is that the new match at WWE Wrestling alongside sounds... the, um, the Tower of Terror, the Cage of Rage, <laughs> the Well of Hell? <laughs> It sounds terrifying, right? Well, what it is, it's a 30-metre-wide hole in the desert floor in Yemen's eastern province of Al-Mahra, uh, and apparently it goes 112 metres deep. No one's no one's dared go to the bottom of it because locals fear it, right? People believe that uh, there's a whole bunch of different reasons why no one's really gone into it. People believe that it's a home for genies, that it's a genie-infested gateway to the underworld. Oh, no. Uh, local folklore has said that it could be a... Um, Volcano, super volcano, big enough to destroy the earth. It can cause bad luck if you go near it. Uh, it could suck you in. 
anyways, that's enough to not want to go to the bottom of it. But finally, well, I've, been to, some... I've been to the bottom of a few wormholes on Wikipedia, but um, this <laughs> one sounds like it's uh, even more terrifying. Um, yeah, so some people from Omani, some cavers from Omani, got uh, got to the bottom of it, and. I don't know, some dead dead animals and some water and stuff. It wasn't really fun. I just like the name of it. The Well of Hell. The Well of Hell. Bones and a bit of water down there. <laughs> yeah, so they got to the bottom of it. They just found a little bit of, uh, you know, mold. So, so no genies? It's basically a Sydney, it's a Sydney apartment. It'll probably be sold out for... $2 million real soon. All right, great. Um, I'll remember that when I'm looking for real estate in Yemen. All right, what's up next, news hound? Uh, a, a British YouTuber reckons he's found Loch Ness um, in drone footage. So Richard Mavery. The monster or the town? No, no, no. The the, the monster, the old long neck, uh, found by what, Richard Maver. You just needed to ask Matt, Matt O'Kine. He's found a few long necks in his day, hasn't he? <laughs> hey, buddy? Hey? Hey, mate? I think a few Loch Nesses in the bottom of the recycling bin on Monday. <laughs> Uh-oh, the monster's looking at me again. <laughs> um, anyways, he, he he said he didn't see it when he when he first filmed it, but people are positive that he uh, that he that it's in the footage. I'm not so sure. So if you want to check it out, go to Richard Outdoors on YouTube. You can see for yourself. I mean, Technology has advanced so much in the last twenty years. I mean, <laughs> no, come on, as if the as if the Loch Ness probably has a TikTok page by now. Exactly, you, know I mean? <laughs> you, you got high def on all these cameras, like four K, <laughs> twenty four megapixels. But whenever they find a monster, it's still filmed on the old thirty three ten. I don't know what's going on. Well, I tell you what, you want to talk about the animals getting filmed. There was high-def filming going on at the Bronx Zoo recently uh, where two gorillas put on quite the show. Now, uh, what's happened? everything was going pretty normal until this happened. This was the crowd's reaction to it. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And uh, that is a group of onlookers, some shocked zoo they? visitors, uh, catching sight of two gorillas having... Quite the time. Now, when I saw the headline, it said, you know, Gorilla's sex show, I thought that it would be, I thought it'd just be standard, you know, do it like we do on the Discovery Channel vibes. Sure. But instead, they, you know, they get quite up close and then and then one of them, the, the female just, you know, leans back onto the ground and the male, like, you know, Dinner for goes, one, thank you very much. That's what As Matt O'Kite says, goes a goblin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of a number between 68 and 70 and um, <laughs> there was only one digit dining out. Okay? <laughs> so it really, it's quite explicit. Nothing for me, thanks. <laughs> coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Well, thank you very much for listening to All Day Breakfast today. A whole lot of fun. I mean, singing shoops and doing a rant. Uh, my voice is spent today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much to Campbell Walker for joining us, aka Truthless. Check out uh, Campbell's stuff on all the social media platforms and the book. 
It's called Your Head is a Houseboat. Thank you again to Rant Dog and the Newshound, and we'll see you again. And you can always keep in touch with us at matt.m.alex. Feel free to send your magpie horror stories to the same address. We're uh, compiling a list and we're going to be taking it to the proper authorities soon. So uh, cheers for that. We've been Matt and Alex and we'll catch you later. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.m.alex. Listener.